once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com. It is the 24th of October in the year 2023. And <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's really starting to feel like fall. The, 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 the big difference for me, uh, we, we, got back, we got back to the States, um, I guess it was Thursday night. We flew in late Thursday night from Portugal. And uh, the, the weather pattern, uh, it took a day or so. There was a little rain there. But now it's, it's almost as though um, fall was waiting for us. There, there, there was no real sense of that in, in the southern third of Portugal while we were there, anywhere from the Algarve up to, up to uh, I guess, uh, uh, Alentejo, that, that, that district, and, and, and west back to, uh, to Lisbon. But um, fall is here in New York, and it's this wonderful time of year. I mean, if, if you could somehow <laughs> dissociate the weather uh, from everything else going on in the world, uh, from the insanity uh, uh, of what is happening in the Middle East right now, uh, of the uh, from the the madness uh, of but but now almost normalized madness. I know that sounds weird, but that's exactly what this is becoming of the ongoing Trump trials. That it, it, it's almost as though it's it's normal for Donald to be in a courtroom now. He's going to be in and out of them perpetually. He'll show up in the New York financial case more than in other cases simply because this is the one, and it's running right now, this is the one that can break him. This is the one, depending on how the ultimate decisions come down, uh, there, there's already been a decision that he is guilty of fraud. He and his organization have committed fraud. That's no longer to be determined and it is by, by request of his defense team being done as a bench trial, which is to say that there's just the judge. And the judge isn't thrilled with Donald because Donald has already defied a, uh, a, a, a tightly worded gag order, has been sanctioned already. Things aren't going well. And I, I, I think that his, his team has to know and understand this. Uh, I, I don't know whether or not he actually intends to get on the stand. If, if I were his attorney, I would be frightened to death of getting him on the stand. But I don't know how much more damage can be done than has already been done by the simple paper-based facts of what's out there. So what, what Donald is facing here, more than anything else, more than any of the criminal counts, is before any of that gets adjudicated, 
And if, and there's so much going on in the in the Georgia case right now with the. Uh, Fonnie Willis's people and and who is pleading and who's flipping and who's taking and who's taking deals and and who's uh, there's so much happening down there but the biggie from Donald's psychic perspective from his imagery uh, projection from the whole thing that he spent a lifetime developing this is actually from his perspective, maybe not from the criminal law system, that that branch of the judiciary or or that element of the judiciary, maybe not from that perspective, but from what's going on in this guy's warped brain. This is the biggie, because at the end point of this trial, a receiver can be set up to take away his businesses. He may no longer do business. He would have to sell off assets in New York State. A receiver would sell off assets. There would be nothing left. Most of those assets we will also find out because it'll be public sale. We'll find out are leveraged up the hilt. His actual net value, given that about 80% I've heard that estimate of whatever Trump has is either in New York or runs through corporations or LLCs or whatever legal entities he set up that are based in New York, and that's the and that is where the New York court has jurisdiction over him. There's no chance that he's going to be able to suddenly just, oh well, I'll reset this thing up as a non-New York. No, 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 no. He is prohibited from doing that. He cannot just simply up and change these things. New York will not recognize it. The asset would be then seized in New York if he had attempted to do that. And so the strong likelihood is that at the end of this New York trial, and it won't go on, I I don't think, for a hell of a lot longer, the information is there. In, In fact, today, Michael Cohen who has been one of the most vocal, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say detractor, the, the most vocal um, explainer of what Donald has done and what is done wrong and, and how basically he attempted to falsify records. Cohen will be on the stand today. Well, well Donald decides that he's going to show up today. And I don't know, is he, is he going to, uh, is he going to put, is he going to humiliate Michael? Is he going to give him the evil eye? It, will he scare Michael into not saying the truth about him? I I, 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 I tend to think that's not going to be the case. Will Donald be able to contain himself when Michael basically uh, rips him a few, new, a few new orifices today from the stand? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but but let, let, let's see where all of this goes. Don, will Donald be able to not defy the gag order against him, to basically not humiliate witnesses? Will he be able to not be sanctioned once again? <laughs> I don't know. But I can tell you that no matter how that plays out, 
there will be an end to this trial, however today plays out, and the strong likelihood based on what I'm hearing is that we find out precisely what Donald is worth, it'll probably wind up being a number somewhere in the range of 100 to $200 million when you water everything down. And much of that will have to be paid in fines as everything else gets sold off. And, and much of that 100 to 200 million will be the, the remnants of the sale, the value of the properties that he has right now. In other words, he could very well wind up bankrupt, just absolutely flat broke when all of this ends. And, and, and that's something that's not getting much play right now. There's, there are so many moving parts in the Donald saga right now. Now, now, now that's one of them. So, so that, that puts his psychological uh, perspective in perspective. That gives you a sense of what's driving his mindset right now. Of course, the criminal activities. Oh, yes, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to Israel and Hamas. We'll, we'll get there. The criminal case in Georgia basically now has one, two, three, is it four people have, have put in pleas? Uh, uh, Chesbro, uh, Sidney Powell, uh, who else is in there? So those two in particular. I just, I just want to discuss that for a second. Interesting how the court seems to have dealt with them. You, you'll recall that uh, once when, when Fonnie Willis first brought this RICO case in, in, uh, in Atlanta, in, in Georgia, uh, against 19 named co-defendants, including Donald. Uh, she was roundly criticized, or, or, or the, the, the naysayers, the, um, the, I don't know, pundits, the, the, those who really know how these things work or, or claim to know, said that this is just too unwieldy, it's not possible, it can't possibly work, it's just too overbloated a case, and, and you're going to have all these separate trials if people want to have a speedy trial. Yes, they can do that under Georgia law, and blah, blah, blah. And they ignored a very essential fact, that Fonnie Willis the DA of Fulton County in Georgia, where all of this is taking place, <clears throat> has a, not only a reputation, a well-earned reputation for being a skillful prosecutor in the area of RICO cases. She's handled a bunch of them, and she knows how to play this game. And the notion that she just willy-nilly went off and came up with 19 names and completely, totally, out of, a, out of the rush of wanting to get Donald, really just get him, just completely overplayed her hand, completely went off the deep end, just, just did too much, is attempting too large a case, never will she be able to handle it, it'll be just too messy, it'll never... Bullshit. 
The woman is absolutely brilliant in the way she is handling this. I, I want to make a point about the Chesbro and the, the, um, uh, the Sidney Powell pleas. Both have now pled to be absolutely guilty as sin. And, and by the way, I should, I, should, I should add to that before talking about the nature of how the court is dealing with them in Georgia. <clears throat> Chesbro, Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and John Eastman are all in various stages of either being disbarred completely from the jurisdictions in which they have legal license. Uh, I believe that Giuliani has made the transition from license suspended to license being uh, withdrawn in New York State, but I'm, I'm not sure of that. The other three are in various stages of license removal. Why? Because they lied. Because they basically defied the norms and the standards of any lawyer in any jurisdiction in this country. They basically presented lies to the court and essentially in doing so defied the legal norms, the legal canons that are part and parcel of any law license anywhere in the country, including the separate license that one has to be member of the Fed, to be a member of the federal bar. So they, the bar associations, have, and they're from different jurisdictions. New York, I believe, there's California in there somewhere. Wherever the hell Sidney Powell, maybe somewhere on Jupiter, you know, wherever her license came from. But in any event, you can't lie. You can't say that there is proof. I have proof, Your Honor, that my client was unjustly denied the presidency of the United States in this particular state, that there was fraud committed, that all of these things happen. And when you find, and you, and you do this in the public sphere, you do this by way of, of press conferences and you get on air and you, and you rouse and you keep the base going. You, you keep the MAGAites really, you know, red meat and it's blood and it's messy and it's horrible. And, and you give them all this and you finally show up in court. And the court says, okay, show me your proof. And you say, well, I really don't have any. Case dismissed. 62 out of 63 cases were dismissed. I don't think any of them actually went to, to, uh, to, to actual adjudication. Maybe some of them did. I, I don't know. But the vast majority were dismissed up front on motions from the defense, the defense being usually the Secretary of State or someone in the state that basically had control over the ultimate decision as to who was, who had been elected in that state. Remember, we have a national election in, in America is 50 individual state elections. That's, that's how it works. And if you are, if you tell the court, uh, well, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I had to get in front of the microphones and, you know, you understand, don't you? And the Supreme Court, you know, with those three Trump appointees and federal courts up and down the line, <clears throat> some with Republican judges, Republican appointed judges, others with democratically, Democratic state courts up and down, 62 out of 63 cases brought primarily in battleground states that Donald claims he had won uh, when he obviously absolutely did not. 63, two of those 63 cases were adjudicated 
in effect or were adjudicated and, and basically the court said, there ain't nothing there. Donald, you don't have a leg to stand on. You have no proof that there was fraud. Attorneys, what the hell are you doing in here? How dare you come into this court and lie and say that you have proof and there ain't none? By the way, the 63rd case, that was a case in Pennsylvania. And on a technicality, and the ultimate number of, 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 of votes was a minimal number, had no effect on the total of, uh, on, on the fact that Biden won Pennsylvania anyway. That was won on a technicality, on some time-related reporting situation. But it was, there was no proof or there was no adjudication that there was massive fraud anywhere. I, I saw something, I saw something online, someone passed this over to me, a uh, couple of days ago. And it's a meme that was going around, had been going around from back during or, or around the time of the, um, of the 2020 election. And it's got a picture of Albert Einstein on it. And it says something like this. It goes, it goes 100 and, um, uh, 180 million uh, votes uh, cast, uh, but only 163 uh, registered million registered voters. You don't have to be Einstein to do the math. Now this, so the, 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 the obvious implication for people who aren't particularly good at math, but you could do a quick subtraction mostly and figure, oh my God, there were 20 million more votes out there than there were even registered voters in America. Obviously, this has all been manufactured. This is the crap <coughs> that the RNC and others and conspiracy mongers and anyone with a channel that could basically get to the MAGAites and anyone who really wasn't capable or did not have access to rational facts and media, this is the type of crap that was out there and is still out there. And, and it sounds great, except it's a total effing lie. There, the, the number of votes was well within the total number of registered voters in the United States in the 2020 election. Go to the, Google the, try the um, League of Women Voters, notoriously nonpartisan. Just check the numbers. If you want to do it state by state, do it state by state. You want to go through every one of those 62 cases and verify what happened there, go through them. The facts are there if you are willing to look at them. If you don't want to look at facts, if you are emotionally captured by whatever it is about Donald and this notion of grievance and anger that he allows you to leech onto, that he, that he, that he pulls in and, and sublimates on your behalf, if and you may be intelligent. I, I see this in relatively, it's not relatively, even some very intelligent people who can switch off 
their, their capacity for rational viewing of events and things and, and logical conclusion. Just shunt it aside, and when it comes to Donald and this whole notion of grievance and anger and wronging, they just tap into a purely emotional vein, and they ignore reality completely. Their emotions become their reality, and facts go to hell, and it's becoming more and more and more and more apparent. So where's the whole Donald saga going? And I, and, and, and I, I, I suppose it's, it's somewhat self-consoling to, to try to uh, encapsulate it and, and, and lay it out cleanly so that there's some sense of that it'll have an, an end, that, that there's some kind of a conclusion that would really, really have to have an impact on even someone who, you know, is, is a Donald fan or a Donald sycophant or, or a Donald uh, cult follower. You, you can't just like him as a candidate. You, you, have to, you have to get into this emotional thing. So, and that's a whole other story as, as to how so many Americans are able to be emotionally co-opted by a guy who's a crook, an obvious crook. Here's what I see. There will be the conclusion of the New York trial with the appointment of receivers for the properties that are represented by the different entities, the legal entities that are registered in New York City. In other words, any corporation, LLC, and Trump has a trillion of them, that's part of their whole tax mechanism. But he and he and uh, you know Weisselberg uh, apparently know every one of them and know all the ins and outs. Nothing happens without Donald's knowledge. That's the way that's always been. Um, anything that New York has control over, and remember, a the, the state of New York and every other state that licenses corporations that basically gives you a home base, they control your right to operate. That right is a privilege granted by the state, and if you don't play by the rules of the state, the privilege can be withdrawn with all sorts of consequences, especially when there has been fraud committed. And in this case, what I see happening, what makes the most sense happening, is that receiver, a receiver or receiver group is appointed, the assets are marshaled, the licenses to do business are suspended, the assets are then uh, basically sold off, however this is set up by the state. Donald gets the resultant net amount, the banks come in, they, many of them will never see the full amount of the value of these properties, they'll never get their full payment back. Because all of it, because the value of these properties, many of them is, it's, it, it will drop like a rock, unfortunately. Well, I don't care what, what they do at this point. And then whatever is left, then the state, in fact, even before the banks, the state will extract the penalties that have been set up. The, the state of New York, I believe, is going for $250 million. 
by some very reasonable estimates, that's more than the net worth that Donald Trump has. Net worth meaning you take out all the loans on all the properties and what's left will be less than $250 million. And in that situation, he is instantly and instantaneously bankrupt. He is out of money. His cash is gone. Whatever else might be outside of New York, the New York jurisdiction, and there ain't that much, is already leveraged up the hilt. You can expect that he won't be flying around on that jet much longer. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how he's doing it or who's paying for it. And there will be a fundraising effort, and he'll, he'll raise another two or three million or something. But it won't, it won't make a dent in the losses that he'll have received. And the headlines will be blaring. Trump busted. Trump bankrupt. Trump, it, it, however, there'll be some really, it, one would only hope that the New York Post really gets in this. They're, they're, they're anti-Democrat and they'll do anything to destroy Biden, but they sure as hell are no great lovers of Trump any longer. And I can't wait to see the New York Post headline when Trump loses it all. And he'll be yelling and screaming and he'll be he'll be bitching and moaning and he'll be and he'll be ah it's it's all it's a it's a fix. It's the courts are and he will be in violation of orders from this court, the New York court, and probably every other criminal court procedure that he's in. He's gonna go absolutely bonkers with this. And this is going to be probably in the early part of next year, by, by December, January, maybe even before that, this case is going to be done and Donald is going to be uh, basically uh, penniless, more or less, however long it takes for the process to play out. But he will not, and he will not be able to do business in New York for five years. That's another story. So that even if you want to try starting from scratch, well, you know, I want to, I want, I want to do some deals. No, I'm sorry, you, you, you can't do any deals in New York for at least five years. You can't purchase anything. You can't be involved in any kind of real estate or other transaction in New York State. You just can't for five years at least. And. That's going to basically set the stage for, well, it, it, it will, it, it, let's see, he'll be declaring that I'm really worth, I'm worth uh, $20 billion, uh, I, but uh, they're taking it all, and this is, this is the type of fraud, this is when they go after you. See what happens when they go after you, and I am, I am, basically standing there uh, as as it's just me now standing between you and uh, some, some some cockamamie argument and there will be those and there will still be a substantial number of people who will basically buy into this but but that isn't the end of Donald see Donald will still be absolutely uh, unabashed in the way he is going to uh, claim stuff, claim, speak in his own defense. He's, he's been, I've, I've been robbed, 
familiar, familiar words. And now the criminal cases and the Fannie Willis criminal case will still be going on. I'm not sure which one is really going to go first, whether it'll be the Jack Smith uh, January 6th case or the Fannie Willis case, basically, uh, January 6th and other things related there. But either one of them will produce a, a, a guilty verdict for Donald. That, when that guilty verdict comes in on any one of the counts relating to the actual activities of January 6th, the attempt to basically uh, overthrow the elector slates, anything that is attributable to Donald, and there's a whole list of those things, any one of those things, when there's an adjudication, that is the moment that a group of um, secretaries of states from swing states, most of them, uh, some of them Republicans, many of them Democrats, have already in the works a case that will be basically brought or they will declare that Donald may no longer be on the ballot in those states because Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, which was passed in the wake of the Civil War to deal with insurrectionists who might otherwise want to get back into political power and play their games all over again, only worse. That section three of Article 14 says, if you are an insurrectionist, it doesn't even say specifically, as I recall. I have to look at this. I don't know that it says that you have to be adjudicated an insurrectionist. But I think what I'm seeing is, otherwise this would have been brought already. They're waiting for an adjudication. They're waiting to have that, that platform to work from. At which point they will declare that Donald will not be a candidate. And they will be doing it with the full strength and force of the Constitution of the United States, and they'll be doing it in an unambiguous way. They'll be doing it to a guy who's been adjudicated as, a, as an insurrectionist against the United States, and an insurrectionist while he was still its elected president. At that point, that case will, it, it'll be a case. There will then be lawsuits brought by the Trump team, et cetera, and this, will race, this thing will race its way to the Supreme Court in, 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 in record time. And even with the likes of a criminal piece of crap like Clarence Thomas and a I'll do anything to get anything that I want from myself, Sam Alito, even with those two obviously voting in, in favor of Donald, there will be a majority decision. There will be at least five, maybe six justices who will have no choice but to actually read the Constitution and recognize that this particular situation fits perfectly in it. Someone will say, well, you know, it doesn't specifically say the president could be one of these people. It doesn't say that. It just says anyone. Well, but the president, that will be the only possible back out excuse. Donald will be off the ballot in key battleground states and may be off the ballot in a number of others.
That's how this situation plays out. And then the Republicans have to scramble and figure who will be their candidate. Okay? Get the sequence here. Donald goes belly up financially. There's a sight. There's a, there's a mental image. And not too terribly long after that is adjudicated on at least one of the counts in either the Fannie Willis case or the January 6th um, uh, Smith case that basically attests to the fact that he is an insurrectionist, that he is guilty of attempting to overthrow the Constitution of the United States to basically uh, uh, falsify records, to defraud the United Any one of those things puts him within the purview of Section 3 of Article 14 of the Constitution. That case plays out at lightning speed and the courts will have no choice unless, unless they want to start another uh, major, well, I, I guess well, they have no choice. They could attempt to say something uh, like, uh, the, the court could refuse to grant certiorari because a lower court will have already said, yes, the secretaries of state have no right. So the court, the Supreme Court, must grant certiorari. The, the court must say, well, you know, the court has the right to say, I'll review this case or I won't review this case. And to avoid the, 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 the abysmal embarrassment of Alito and Thomas having to pol politicize something that is so crystal clear that you know, a criminal, a criminal act which is prohibited by the third section of the 14th Amendment, which prohibits someone from running for public office. This has happened, it's all there, and then to have to deny it because, well, they have political, you know, it, 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 what the court as, as abysmally viewed as it is by the American people right now would be infinitely worsely viewed as it were, if that were to happen. So I could also see that this would not receive certiorari, although it'd be kind of hard for the Supreme Court not to jump in and rule. I mean, just as a matter of its history, as a matter of, of getting involved in, in super important cases, it'd be hard for it to back away from this particular case. But it could if push came to shove. And if it gets into the court, there's no rational way there's always irrational ways. There's always emotionally bizarre ways. There's always, there's always invent law ways. That's a big one now for the court. You know, they, they've overturned stare decisis, which is, you know, uh, what, what came before we base our decisions on prior decisions. Uh, they, did, they, they overturned Roe v. Wade by completely destroying the notion of stare decisis. But the likelihood is they would have a very hard time doing it. And Donald will be off the ballot. Well, well, wait a minute. They'll be write-in ballots, right? They'll be write-in ballots. No. No. If there were a write-in ballot and he is not permitted to run, then his name written in will not be recognized. Part of not being allowed to run means that you can't circumvent the, the official uh, running as a candidate and come in informally. 
That's what the various states will do. And again, you know, we've never confronted this with a former president. There's never been anything like Donald Trump. There's still, I, I pray to God there never will be in the, again in this country. But the, he will be off. Now, who do the Republicans run? I mean, you know, oh, wait, you know, Gazer's getting so out there. You know, this is, he's talking, man, where, where are you coming from? Yeah, you have got a crazy man who has been basically proven to be a financial fraud. His whole life is a fraud. Everything he's ever said about himself is a fraud. It's been proven to be a fraud. New York State will prove that. And then on top of that, he is basically said, and you can't run because criminally, you've been now, you've been convicted, and by the way, very possibly sentenced. No, 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 no. Let, let, let him in, let him in. We, 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 we got to have him somehow. And, and, and let's just say maybe somehow Donald, somehow the court actually says the 14th Amendment situation just doesn't apply to him. I, it, somehow that happens. I don't see how. I, I don't see in a million years how that can happen. But let's just say. And Donald basically turns around and somehow manages to win the election. Okay, bear with me. Now, now, now we have an even more interesting scenario. Because in order to take the, he, he's been convicted and sentenced. Maybe he's not in jail just yet. Maybe he is. But he's been convicted. In order to just get to the steps of the courthouse, assuming he's under some kind of house arrest, he's going to have to pardon himself. But he can't get, not the courthouse, to get to the steps of the, 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 the south porch of the White House where, where, uh, where all of our swearing in of presidents take place. To get there, he would have to pardon himself. But the only person who can pardon a criminal is a president. Well, he won't be a president until he's sworn in. And if he's in a situation where he cannot move, where the court, by its jurisdiction, has prohibited him from movement, if he's under house arrest, if he's, in, if he's incarcerated, there's no way, even if he were to validly win the election, and when he loses, he'll claim, well, he won't be on the ballot, but let's just say he is. I don't know how. But let's just say, he will claim, of course, it was Freud. He'll start that whole story all over again. But he can't, be, he can't swear, he can't be sworn in, uh, he can't get there unless he pardons himself first. But he can't pardon himself unless he's president. But he's not president until he's, do you see, do you see the circle here? Do you see, you see the conundrum? There's no way in hell he can basically get to the steps of the south lawn of the White House for the swearing in without being president, but he can't be president until he gets there and gets sworn in. But he won't be able to get there. So 
will someone try to bring the uh, inauguration, the swearing in, to his jail? Well, the jail won't allow it. And, and, and then at that point, you, you, get, you get to the point where the disgust of many Americans will have reached the point of intolerance, where, where it will be as dis beyond disgusting. And I'm, and I'm serious, I'm, I'm throwing all these thoughts out there. Wh whether this will ever come to pass in the way I'm saying it, I don't know. I'm giving you a pretty much uh, worst case scenario, I suppose that's how you'd call it, that basically, if he's stuck in a prison or he's restricted, can't get to the South Lawn and somehow managed to win the election, and that was actually validated, People, someone, somehow, some, some brainiac group within the Republicans, you know, the same people who can't get a speaker, you know, a speaker of the House at this point. We might still be in that position by the time all of this gets to the election. I mean, I don't see where the hell they're going to get anybody until, of course, the Democrats tell them who that person would be. And there is basically a power sharing arrangement. We've talked about this. I'm not going to talk about it again today. But there will someone will get someone will come up with the idea. Let's go to the jailhouse and swear him in there, and then he will pardon himself out of jail. In so doing, destroying the entire uh, judicial system of the country, destroying the criminal system of the country, destroying the entire notion of the presidency, destroying the entire notion of equal protection under law, of equal, of, of everybody being equal under the law, it would, it would, be, it would be the ultimate statement of, 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 of constitutional joke. We will have destroyed the Constitution, and Trump will, in effect, be a tyrant and a dictator at that point. Because he, by, by getting himself out of prison to become president, there is nothing, it, there is, if, if that were permitted, there ain't nothing this guy can do, and he's already told us that if he were to get in this time, it will be a revenge tour. It will be a retribution process. And he will, he will be in the middle of, he will have been just made a pauper, and now he's going, oh, 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 the retribution, oh, the anger. Oh, the things that will be front of mind for that guy. I, I, I go through all this with you just to, and, I, and again, I don't know how many Trumpians, how many MAGA people might be listening to this, but this is the reality. As bizarre as it may sound, it is a, it is a probability that's, that components of this, of what I've discussed today, will come into play. Certainly, the legal decisions are almost a foregone conclusion at this point. The bench trial in New York is going to result in Donald basically becoming a very poor man and the fines that will be issued against him. He basically is going to be close to bankrupt, if not bankrupt completely at that point. 
and then the results of either the Fonnie Willis case or the Smith case uh, out, of, out of DC the, on the federal side, the Fonnie Willis case uh, on the state side in Georgia, Fulton County. One of those, any a, conviction on any one of the counts that basically relate to con, uh, an insurrection or fomenting an insurrection or permitting or being behind the whole thing, conviction on any one of those counts, and that's it. Article 3, uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, automatically kicks in. And it will be brought, that, that case will be brought by a group of local uh, state uh, secretaries of state in swing states who have already stated that this is exactly what they're going to do. And I think all they have to do now is be a little patient. Fannie Willis and or, oh, and, and let's, let's get back, oh, I, oh my dear, I almost forgot the, the deals that have been cut uh, with Kenneth Ch Chesbro and with uh, Sidney Powell, crazy Sidney Powell. Both of them have walked away with nothing but probation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Granted, they're going to lose their livelihood. Maybe I'm sure someone in the Trumposphere, uh, some MAGA crazy group, uh, uh, will find a really wonderful place for them uh, as, I don't know, spokespeople for I don't know what. But maybe they'll work somewhere in, in, the, in the loony bin, in, 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 in the clown car, uh, the, the ever-expanding clown car that is Republican Party and Republicanism and Trumpism. But basically, they could have, had they been sentenced, gotten real criminal. <laughs> Their exposure would have been massive. They could have found themselves with major jail time, both of them. What do they wind up with? Misdemeanors, no jail time, and you know, uh, you, you'll yeah, we'll, we'll kind of you know, you're you're uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on you for I don't know a few years. I think community community service is in there also. In essence, the lightest possible wrist slaps you can imagine. How do you do this? Easy, easy. You cut a deal, your Chesbro, your, your Sidney Powell, your attorneys, and you come to your senses, and you cut a deal with Fonnie Willis, with the prosecutor. And you say, I will fully and totally cooperate and, and appear as a witness, as a witness for the prosecution, and I will blah, 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 talk about blah, blah, blah. Well, during the the allocution, the, uh, the, while, while, the, um, while both of these two with their attorneys were basically allocuting to the crime. In other words, yes, I did it, yes, I committed it, blah, blah, blah. And all the different, um, uh, all the different implications of that were explained in excruciating detail. You recognize, blah, blah, blah. You recognize that you'll have to do this. You recognize, blah, blah, blah. You recognize that you'll be working. You recognize that you will testify on it. You recognize, blah. what they didn't say was, in all of that, and there was a whole, a whole laundry list of things that was being read by the court, the court clerk, uh, and the judge is sitting there listening to the whole thing. The, the bottom line there 
is that is what was agreed to behind closed doors, what they would actually be testifying to, what they would say, how they would basically nail Donald, what they would say in response to direct questions about very specific counts in the indictments against Donald when asked those questions in court under oath, knowing that if they don't come through with this, if they, if, they, if they try to blow this, they will find themselves instantly in violation of the order that's keeping them out of prison. And they will find themselves somehow in jail in the not far distant future. Okay? That's where that stands. That's why they got barely a slap on the wrist. That is an indication of how important the prosecution deems the information that these people will be able to provide in open court when the testimony phase of this trial, when, when it actually comes to the point of testifying about and against Donald Trump. And yes, they'll be cross-examined like crazy. You know, Sidney Powell, it's, you're, known, you're known for being crazy. You're a crazy lady, Sydney. You've said wacky things. And, and Kenneth Chesbro, you, you're, you're a crazy guy. Everybody knows you're crazy. Uh, you were, oh, oh, Donald was trying to, uh, oh, Donald was trying to pull in Sydney as, um, as he, he wanted her to head up, uh, what? Oh, oh, and they were there in the planning phase and they were there with, was Donald crazy to, is Donald pleading Insanity? Is he pleading a known compass mentis? Is he, is, he, is he going to say that he's incapable of being tried because he's just too damn crazy to be tried? Is, is that... Oh, he's not. Stay tuned, folks. This is where this is all going. I don't see any way around this. There are always... <laughs> unknown factors that might come into play. And, and we always talk about uh, October surprises. That, 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 was, a, that was always a, a, a marvelous political uh, definition of things that could happen during an election just before the November election. Well, you know and I know that we live in a country now where the, electro, the, the electioneering, the, the running for office, especially at the presidential level, is a non-stop process. You are both the chief executive and running for office from the second you step into the Oval Office. It never effing ends. This is a terrible, terrible thing that we have going on in this country. We've evolved into this because of money primarily and the influence that money buys and, and, and what, therefore, the pressures that it puts on our system. And we had a chance to, the McCain-Feingold law would have done something to really, really knock a lot of this out. We, we, we would get a lot closer to the British system where there's absolute defined times in which electioneering can take place and the amount of money that can be spent by any candidate. It's all absolutely prescribed. Uh, we, we, are, we are going still in the opposite direction. We're going we're gonna, to, that, that, that has to blow up at some point. And I, my sense is with, 
with the demise of Donald, and there'll be some ugliness that'll go with this, uh, you know, undoubtedly, but with his ultimate demise, we're going to go through yet another period of soul searching. Now, now, all of this is within the context of what's happening in Israel and, and with Hamas right now, where things wind up going with uh, this... Well, it's, it's within that context for the moment. Other things will come and go. We are over a year away from the presidential election. Do you realize how different the world global stage will look? It changes, folks. It changes. Right now, today, Israel, Hamas, that's the thing. You've got, you've got I think, otherwise well-meaning Americans and people all over the world feeling, well, you know, Israel provoked Hamas. No. Now, we did this in the last show. Now, you don't go and you don't kill 1,400 people. You don't take 223 hostages or whatever the number was. You can't just do that and, and, and say, well, you know, you have to understand, says Hamas, not, not the people of Gaza. And men, Well, allegedly they elected Hamas. There's no one else to elect. There's no one else there to fill the vacuum if Israel is able to get Hamas out. That's another problem here. You know, what, what, is, what is going into Gaza and cleaning out Hamas? What is the end result of that? Well, one would think that you would have uh, someone coming in uh, to take over where Hamas goes out. Who? There, there, there really ain't nobody there. No one wants to go. No one wants that mess. I don't, I don't care who you say. The, the Israelis don't want it. The Egyptians don't want it. The Lebanese don't want it. The, 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 the Syrian, well, Syria. I mean, really, you know. Uh, there's no one who really wants to deal with Gaza. That, that's part of the problem. And, and Hamas has simply decided that it was going to go out and in a, pure, in a pure fit of ideological madness, rape, pillage, destroy, kill, gouge eyes, cut off heads, do whatever the hell it decided to do, and then take hostages, and then begin saying that, well, we'll release them two at a time, once a, every week, two more hostages, and for humanitarian purposes. We've just killed 1,400 Israelis, some of them in the most brutal way that would have made ISIS look like schoolboys. But, 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 we're, but we're, releasing, uh, we're releasing a few old women, and women anyway, on humanitarian grounds. And Israel sits there and says, we've got to get rid of these people once and for all. But to what end? And the Americans, and I give Joe Biden absolutely endless credit for this, are counseling against an immediate invasion. They are standing by our ally, Israel. If you have to make a choice between Israel and Hamas, if you're rational, if you're rational, you choose Israel. If you want to feel bad for the Palestinian people, feel bad for the Palestinians, but do not support Hamas in the process. Do not claim that Israel has no right to protect itself and basically can just let this go and wait 100 weeks for two hostages a week to... No, it's not going to work that way. But at the same time, and again, this is the credit I give Biden, Israel and Netanyahu, who has his own massive political problems, 
was ready on a knee-jerk basis to go in and just start, well, they're bombing the hell out of the place right now. But to get Hamas out, to stop them as the terrorist organization they are, you have to, after you take them out, have something else to put in its place. And the Americans, when we in our, when Donald Rumsfeld said, well, you know, we won't, we won't uh, take over Iraq and, and uh, no, I guess then he was Iraq. We won't take over Iraq in, in six days, uh, uh, but, but, you know, and uh, it won't take six months, maybe six weeks, and we'll be in and out. And we'll have the oil from Iraq to pay for whatever this whole thing has cost us said the idiot Rumsfeld, or, or, or maybe not so crazy, knowing that there were a lot of people who were going to make a lot of money off of the whole thing. That's another, I don't want to go back there. But Biden counseling Netanyahu, yeah, I know you're pissed. Yeah, I know you have a lot of political problems. Yeah, I know you want to keep the Israeli people behind you, and the Israeli people want to be behind you. They want you to do something to show that they are protected, that, that this incredibly stupid, badly managed situation that allowed these terrorists to cross the border and do the damage they did within Israel and take all those hostages, that this isn't going to happen, that the trauma the nation of Israel is going through right now can somehow be mitigated and put in the past by some rational process of action and, 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 and guarantees because this is what Israel needs. It, it needs to know this. It's, it's, it's been perpetually surrounded by enemies, and now these enemies, Hamas has proven that they are basically out. Did they do this for the, did they do this for the Palestinian people? Did they, did they do what they did in order to make life better as the, as the rulers of Gaza? Is that why they did this? Knowing that things would get better for the Palestinian people, that somehow in killing and destroying Israelis, that this would make the lives of Palestinians better. No, they had to know absolutely had to know that there would be retribution, that there would be and, and, and so much happening after the fact. And we're in the middle of that process right now. And Biden has said to Netanyahu, don't do what we did, not, not I personally, says Biden, but what my predecessors did, especially Bush 43. Don't, don't, don't be led into another Afghanistan slash Iraq. Don't do it. It's a quagmire. It is there. You will be stuck there for the rest of your political life. You don't want to get into that process. You can't afford it. You will basically be, be it, it's a fool's errand. You've got to be able to plan this thing out and figure out what can be done. At the moment, it doesn't seem like there's really a rational way of getting rid of Hamas and getting some other control in there because no one else wants to. Does the, do the Israelis want to take over Gaza? Do you really think that that's a solution? Do you really think the, le the rest of the, of the Islamic world, the Arab world, will tolerate that? As a solution, things are bad enough right now. You've got you've got uh, you've got the forces. Uh, you've got Hezbollah in South Lebanon already saber rattling, and there's and there's mortar exchange going back and forth across that border. What would happen if Israel tried to take over Gaza completely and permanently? 
How would Egypt, you know, which, which has a peace treaty with Israel, how would Egypt react to that? This is not an easy knee-jerk reaction solution process. But if you wait, think, play your, to your strength, not, not to your madness, not to your anger, play to your strength, things have a way. Opportunities for success in events like this have a way of presenting themselves. If we're learning anything in the last 20 years, things change. And you have to be a little patient. And America has learned, I would hope by now, that that knee-jerk reaction of just going in and bombing everybody, we're going to take it all over, and the macho thing, and the oil will pay for it. Forget it. It's not real. It's as big a fantasy as Donald Trump is. I don't know if you remember, uh, remember someone named Monica Crowley? She was, a, she was a real Trumpian wannabe. And for some godforsaken re reason, um, what was it? The uh, Newsweek uh, presented a, uh, an editorial, or it was, maybe it was an op-ed piece or something, that was written by Monica. I, happened, I, I, I know her through someone. It's a long story. She's, she's a wannabe just praising Donald as, and, and, and it was about the Middle East and if it was Donald in there, there would have been decisions and Joe Biden has destroyed, and bullshit, crap. I mean, just, just, just running on and running on and saying anything that, that sounded good just so that everybody can like her. You're going to hear this. Although, although, there were a group of 10 senators just the other day, uh, yesterday I saw this, including Lindsey Graham, one of the Republican senators, collectively expressing support for Israel and that there be a measured approach. And I believe they were also uh, encouraging <laughs> the House of Representatives to, you know, come back to life. We can go on forever on this so that basically an aid package involving Israel and Ukraine, by the way, you can't pass these packages without the House. Any financial package basically is supposed to be generated, initiated in the American House of Representatives. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, <sighs> things change. Things keep changing. At a minimum, we have to remain clear in our heads about what should happen, the direction in which things should go in order to improve the situation. We can't just get pissed off and angry and nuts. We have to develop some perspective. We can't be Trumpian-like in our need to feel grievance and anger towards the other side. We have to remember what justice looks like. We have to remember what the constitution of this country looks like. We have to remember the things that are most important to us. Even when it seems as though everything is going absolutely haywire and how can any of this ever get resolved, it can. 
I know, I know, you know, yeah, Gazer's just, yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's saying that, you know, he's, he's on air and he's, he's, he's you know, uh, ex-cathedra. Uh, no, 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 no. Opportunities for solutions will come if we are oriented towards solving, not just bitching, moaning, and basically, or, and or, doing the wrong fucking thing. Like wanting Donald back. Like putting a criminal in charge of the country. Like unleashing the revenge tour on everyone and everything that has ever been uh, perceived by him as, as basically defiling his image of himself. Okay? The, you start with that. And I don't care how many people don't see it that way. The vast majority of the country does. And we hold on to that. And we remember what we did and the mistakes we made in Afghanistan and Iraq. And we hold on to that. And we go from there. And we recognize that Joe Biden has done a magnificent job on behalf of this country. Not just good, magnificent. That he, with, with the divided Congress he had, he came through with these reconstruction packages that are just now beginning to put shovels in the earth and basically will begin restructuring the infrastructure of this country, the long ignored by both sides infrastructure of this country, that it's in, in, in a way that, that is criminal in how far this is allowed to go. We must recognize that the Democrats will have to, if, the, if they time it right, and Hakeem Jeffries has done this beautiful in holding back, at some point, the Democrats will say, now, here is the power-sharing arrangement that we are putting forward in order to reopen the House of Representatives. That will happen, too. That not only can happen, that will happen. The Republicans are incapable of ruling, governing. Remember all this. Keep this in perspective. Don't lose heart. Don't get crazy. Don't, don't be pulled into the same, you know, bloodthirsty emotional state that, that the Republicans generally are in. They've got a Donald Trump that is going to the dogs at this point. We've got people who are, we are the adults in the room, and we sure as hell have an adult president to, to, to make the point all the more. Be positive. Feel hopeful. This is a trial period for this country. But we can get through this. We can do better. We will do better. We can also fail miserably. If we imagine all we can do is fail miserably, and the Trumpians would prefer that. Because if things are going miserably bad, well, why not have a miserable son of a bitch for president, bring Donald in, and at least his brand of misery is entertaining. A lot more entertaining. I, 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 I don't know. That, that, that's a, it's an insane thought, but there it is. It would be one of the possible ways of, of looking at things in the event that we don't plan on being rational. Within the rational constructs possible for us, 
there are some very reasonable positive things and there are directions that the country can and should take. We have to talk about them. We've talked about them on today's show. You must think about this. Think positively. Think about a positive outcome for the country for all of this. There can be. Yes, we're going to go through some more tough times. Yes, we're going to be challenged. Yes, the crazies are out there. Yes, Donald is going to be yelling and screaming. Yes, he's going to try to basically make it all about his stage persona. He's going to claim that they're out to get him. But the structure of our governmental agencies, the structure of our court system, the structure of our Constitution has everything we need to make everything work out in the best possible way, not the worst. We've got the underlying stuff in our laws, in our rules, in our norms, in everything, and the way we've done things for 225 or however many, 240 years, however long it's been. And we can still draw on these things, even if we are going to be drawing on elements that we've never really had to draw on before, to apply a section, uh, Article 14, Section 3 to a president, to, to basically refuse to allow him on a ballot after, well, it's never happened before, I don't care if it's in the Constitution, they, and they didn't say, and it, and it includes presidents. No, it said anybody. Well, they, they couldn't have meant presidents. Sure as hell did, folks. And we must take that opinion. We, we must realize that ultimately it's about fairness. And this is something that Americans feel very, very strongly about. The grievance feeling that so many people who support Trump feel right now is because there is this false sense or a falsely, a false narrative of unfairness based on conspiracy theories and everything else. But, but that plays to a much more fundamental in a sense of inadequacy, a sense of, of failure, a sense of, of not moving forward with the rest of the country that a lot of people share and have. But that's not who we are. They're wrong. No, they're, they're not wrong in feeling bad about their lies, but they're wrong in what they've chosen or how they've chosen to express it and who they've chosen to lead them through it. They've been absolutely duped. The way out of this sense of inadequacy is basically to do, to perform, to try harder, to move forward, to make use of, dare I say it, government programs designed to move people forward. Oh no, it's the government's out to get us. No, it's uh, you know, it's it's I, I'm I'm it's just me standing between uh, you and the government. You know, uh, the, you know, and ah, uh, on and on, on and on. We can do better. We must believe we can do better. We must have an image in our mind of what better looks like, and then we must do. Like Arjun in the Bhagavad Gita, you must do. Whether you like it or not, you must do. If, 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 it, means, if it means basically going head-to-head -head with, with the Trump forces in a, an appropriate political form, then we do it. You don't back off. You do it. If it means calling Trump out, you do it. You don't just back away from these things. But you think 
You do these things logically. You do them reasonably. You do what's best for the country. And we can. And we can actually even do it in a more unified group sort of a way. We can come together more and more. We can't just simply be angry at the other side. We have to remember why we're in this, in this country and in this process to begin with, because we believe in America. We believe in fairness. We believe in our Constitution. We believe that all men are created, everybody is created, well, in those days, you know, and they just said those things, they still had slaves, but, but, but that we are out to form a more perfect union, not to destroy what we have so that one tyrant can rule over us and, and give vent to our fantasies about grievance and anger with no sense of what the consequences of permitting that would be. We can't do that. You can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trumpians. I know that this is a, a deeply held emotional tenet, but it is, in essence, cultism. And you can't have a cult of a president, of an individual. It just, it doesn't, it does not mesh with our constitutional structure. We will do better. We can do better. Absolutely. I have no doubt about it. I mean that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, no bullshit. We can and will do better. I believe it. And more people have to start believing it. It's the foundation for hope. You know, Central F Radio, progressive voice of hope, politics, and a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, Give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Logic, reason, common sense, the American Constitution, and American law all dictate the likely end of the Trump saga. It will be with him convicted and paying for his crimes. Now, we can focus on that, or we can focus on building an even bigger clown car than the Republicans have to simply compete with their madness. I prefer to focus on reality.